Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near the true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil, and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Father has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord.
Let us pray. O God, you rule over all things in wisdom and kindness. Take away everything that may be harmful and give us whatever is good. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our first lesson for this morning, and our sermon text as well, comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 5. This is probably a familiar account for many of you. This is the account of Jericho and those great walls falling as the Israelites marched around the city. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? <coughs> the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. This is the word of the Lord. We continue with our psalm of the day, Psalm 71, printed on page 92 in the front of your Bible for you.
James chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. Uh, James here makes it very clear that uh, faith is very needed if Christians are going to uh, endure the persecution that we face in this world and the suffering and all of these kinds of things. And so he makes it uh, clear that when we face trials of many kinds, we persevere. And really it's because of the faith that we've been given from God. James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres on the trial, because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Alleluia. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 7. Someone who believes that Jesus can do the impossible. He sends uh, a messenger to Jesus to ask him to heal somebody, even though Jesus isn't even there. And so Jesus commends his faith, believing that Jesus can do these things and has that power as the Son of God. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. This is the gospel of the Lord.
profess our common faith according to the words of the Apostles' Creed printed on page 8. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated as we continue with our hymn of the day, hymn 109.
sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You just got to have faith. You just got to have faith. And you just got to believe that everything is going to work out for the good and everything is going to be all right. It's just another hump in the road that you have to get over. And I know you're strong enough to do it. You just got to have faith. I know I asked it in the messenger. If you read that over the weekend, then you already know I can't stand that phrase. Have faith in what? What does that phrase mean when you walk up to someone who's having a bad day or something's going wrong and you just say, you just got to have faith that things are going to be okay? Faith in what? Faith has an object. You have faith in something. To go up to someone and say, you just got to have faith that everything is going to work out okay, it doesn't have an object. Well, what are you putting faith in? Your hard work? Success? Just chance? Who wants to put faith in chance? I don't. That'd be kind of a scary thought. You just gotta have faith. So what good does it really do to anyone to just walk up to them and, and offer your condolences and say you just gotta have faith? What does it really offer anyone other than really saying good luck with everything. I hope everything works out for the best for you. If there's nothing for you to put your faith in then you know Really, no one can help you at all. And you're just kind of on your own, hoping things are okay. That's what people want to know. You know, when it comes down to it, when things are hard, when there's trouble in life, when people are down, what they want to know is that everything's going to work out. They want to know that everything's going to be okay somehow. They want to know that the trouble's going to go away, that there will be happy days again. And that things will be back to the way that they used to be. You want to know that things are going to be okay. You've just got to have faith. Don't you think that's kind of how Joshua felt as he was sitting there looking over the city of Jericho? This is Joshua's big moment now. You know, Moses has recently died. He, he was not allowed into the promised land because of his disobedience in the wilderness as they were wandering. And now it's Joshua's turn. The, the torch has been passed. Joshua will lead these people, the Israelites, into this land that God has promised them. And this is his first big task. They've crossed the Jordan River. They're in Canaan. And this is their first task, to take out the city of Jericho. Because eventually they've worked their way through the promised land, taking out the Canaanites to make that land theirs. And so, we see Joshua sitting away from the camp of the Israelites. He's up on a hill and he's looking at Jericho. And I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's contemplating how to best take the city. I don't know if he's praying. I don't know if he's just thinking about the journey that they've been in so far and where they're going. Maybe he's thinking to himself, what if this doesn't work? I don't know how to do this. I don't know what he's thinking as he sits there. But I'm sure that as a human being, he's sitting there on top of that hill. And he just wants to make sure that everything is going to be okay. Because Jericho really has got the Israelites beat. I, I mean, they're a big city. They're about 3,000 people, which is a big city then. Their, their walls were huge. And at some places, there were even double walls that they had to get through. It's a city that was up on a hill. And so they already were at a disadvantage that way. 
is the big task for Joshua. I'm sure he's a little bit worried, a little bit scared. <coughs> and I'm pretty sure that he wouldn't want you to just walk up to him and, and use the empty phrase, well, you just got to have faith, Joshua. However, Joshua just had faith. But Joshua didn't have this empty faith. You can go to Joshua and say, you just got to have faith. He'd look at you and say, I, I know, I, I do. God did something for Joshua that we saw in the Old Testament text. As Joshua was sitting there contemplating, whatever he was doing, he saw this man with a sword all of a sudden appear. And it's kind of a confusing little section of text to, to read. You know, Joshua walks up to him and says, well, are you for us or are you for the enemy? You've got to tell me who you're, whose side you're on. And this man says, neither. However, as the army, or as the commander of the armies of the Lord, I'm now here. You know, most people take this to be the pre-incarnate Christ. He says the exact same thing that he does to Moses when he appeared in the burning bush. He said, take off your sandals because you're standing on holy ground. To think that the pre-incarnate Christ, the angel of the Lord, has come to Joshua saying, look, I'm not for either side, but I'm here to do it for you. I'm here at this moment where you're going to need some help so that this works out for you. That's crazy. Joshua certainly had something to put his faith in that day. And I'm sure he did pretty quickly. And what confidence that would build to know that your God himself has come down to tell you that he's going to win this for you. I mean, think about what he already told Joshua in the next few verses. He says, look, I've given you the city of Jericho. And they hadn't even gone to battle yet. You just got to have faith, Joshua. And Joshua would look at you and say, I do. I have faith in my God and my Savior that this is all going to work because he's promised me that this is for us and that he will help us get it done and do it for us. You know, the Lord knows his people's problems. And I know you all have them. If there's anyone here who doesn't have problems in life, raise their hand right now. Yeah, that's what I thought. Everyone's got problems, and you know what? The Lord knows your problems. He knows your troubles, and He knows the battles that you fight every single day in your life. Whether it be as part of the Holy Christian Church, or whether it be a personal struggle that you have that no one else understands or has. And you know what? He wants to help you. And He still comes to you with these promises to help you, just like He came to Joshua that day. Not so that you can win because of your own power and, and strength, but because he promises that he fights for you. He still comes to you in the scriptures and the gospel with all these promises to do this. You maybe haven't seen him in person like Joshua, but we know that the scriptures are God's word, breathed by the Holy Spirit into the apostles who wrote <coughs> these words down so that you and I would have them just as if we were there ourselves. And I know you know some of these promises. Some call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. The righteous person, and this is one of my favorites, Psalm 34, I love it. 
I find comfort in it all the time. The righteous person, they have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. And you know what? The list of promises and the scriptures go on and on and on for you. You are never alone. You should never feel alone in this world when trouble seems to be taking over. Whether you're fighting addiction, whether you're fighting, fighting financial problems, whether it's some sort of health difficulty, whether it's a new problem or old, if it's depression, whether you're fighting your own conscience and your own sinful nature, it doesn't matter what the battle is, these promises all apply. And your Savior comes to you and He says, I have come now. I love you. I am here for you. And I'm going to fight for you. Without it being an empty phrase, I can look at all of you and I can say, you just got to have faith. Because you and I have an object of faith. We put all of our confidence and our trust in that God who promises to help us in every need. Your Savior watches over you every single day, in every circumstance, and He has fought for you in the past. He will continue to fight for you in the future, no matter what that fight is. And He's promised that, and He'll make good on it, just like He's made good on that promise to fight for your eternal soul. You understand that by defeating sin and death for you, He's defeated everything else in this world. There is no trouble, there is no temptation, there is no battle that can overcome you because your Savior is on your side as you stand as one of His righteous ones. You, you have the victory. Just like Joshua had that victory before he even fought when God said, I've given you Jericho and all of its fighting men and its king. Because Jesus rules the church for you all of these battles are won. Paul said it pretty good in Romans. He said, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's a rhetorical question. Paul knows that the answer is no one. You just got to have faith when these things come around. Faith in your loving and powerful God who can do anything. Now what we have to be careful about, however, is taking that truth that God fights our battles for us and that these battles are won and that He will fight them in this lifetime until we're gone. The dangers that our sinful nature make us take all of that and think that these battles then be easy in our lives. Believe me, they're not. <laughs> our Savior, our God, He never promises that they're going to be easy. In fact, He promises... The opposite. They are difficult. But you want to give us the chance to exercise and to strengthen the faith that He has given us as we, as we wait for our Savior to rescue us just as He has promised to do. Look at the plan that God gave these people as they go to defeat Jericho. It's kind of it's a crazy plan. I really, honestly, it sounds made up. It sounds like it's some sort of kid story. It, it doesn't make any sense. March around the city every day for six days. And on the seventh day, march around it seven times. And when the priests blow their ram's horns really loud, just shut. The walls are going to fall down. 
Now that takes faith. To walk around a city every day where people and guards are probably on a wall watching you. As you walk around every single day and nothing happens. As you walk around six times on that seventh day wondering, is this last round going to make a single difference as we shout afterward? But for every day they circled and every day they waited, they, they put their faith in their Lord knowing that he'd come through. And sure enough, he did. They shouted with this loud shout on that seventh day, and the walls fell down, and the army went in there, and they wiped everything out in Jericho. Sometimes, our victories in this life seem to take forever. Some victories maybe go by really quickly. Maybe sometimes it seems that they happen real fast. And we're pretty thankful at those moments that they've come and gone. We're done with it. But there are times where our battles seem to last day after day. And it feels like we're marching against it day after day after day. And the problem is sometimes we get sick of marching. You know, perhaps things just don't work out the way you expected them to. Maybe things are taking longer than you want them to. Maybe nothing's happening at all, even though you thought it would. That's marching all the time. Perhaps you're a little sick and tired of it, and so you just decide the Lord's plan isn't working. And so you jump to the conclusion that God's not working like you think He should. And maybe you think God's not working like He said He would. But you know, God's plan does not always work like we want it to. Our God is much wiser and much more powerful than we are. And he knows so much better than we do. You know, Proverbs says that a man can plan his course, but the Lord will determine his steps. Well, that's exactly how these battles work once in a while. And when it's time to take, or when it does take time, or when things work differently than they ought to in our heads, God does that for us. Remember, in our James reading, he he bookends the the idea of suffering very well with a couple of verses. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Getting upset at God for things not working out according to our plan is not God's fault, that's ours. All things that God does is for our own good as the church. He promises that. Paul says that. And even in those moments where we think nothing happens, He sharpens our faith by trials. And He strengthens our faith in Him for all of these troubles so that we can stand firm in Him. Not only through these earthly troubles, but stand firm in Him until the very end when we stand before Him in heaven. You realize eventually all these troubles are going to be gone. Being defeated, we know that they do have an end date. We don't know when, but eventually we will not have to face them anymore. The trouble that Jesus faced on this earth, all of the hatred and the betrayal and the trial and the suffering and the death, all of that... His trouble means that our troubles will eventually come to an end and disappear forever. As we stand in a place with no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain. You see, our faith in God only strengthens our faith in Him 
not just for the other little things in life, but for the biggest thing that you and I have ever faced, that battle of our sinful nature and our dead self spiritually because of our sin. You just got to have faith. I know many of you have seen movies and TV shows that have quicksand, and if you watch them, you know that quicksand uh, gets, you sink quicker in quicksand the more you struggle. So as you're struggling and struggling, you start sinking more and more, and you're supposed to just remain calm. Then you start sinking slower, and you kind of come to a stop even, and then that's when people can help you out, but you just have to remain calm. You can't sit there and just flail around. Well, you know, we stand in quicksand every single day in the world, and we can sit here and we can just flap our arms and flail around like we have no idea what we're doing, trying to fight for ourselves, or we can just wait. And we can have faith that the Lord will come through like He said He would. Like we know that He can. Like we've seen Him do in, for His people in the past. Don't get stuck sinking in the quicksand. Your faith is not an empty faith that has the object of your Lord and your Savior. He's powerful, and He is loving, and He is yours. We can't win our battles, but Jesus can, He has, and He'll get us out. He'll put Him behind us, not only today, but for the rest of eternity. found a quote by Martin Luther that I kind of like, and, and I'll end with that. Luther was a man who most certainly understood facing trial uh, and, you, and uh, putting his faith in his Savior. I mean, he was in trial, and his life was uh, in danger a lot of times because of what he was doing. So Luther definitely knows that it means to put your faith in God during troubles, and, and he's right. This is what he said. God our Father has made all things depend on faith, so that whoever has faith will have everything. Whoever does not have faith will have nothing. You have faith, and you have faith in a powerful, compassionate, loving, and forgiving God because of Jesus Christ. And because of that, you have everything. May God always strengthen our faith in every moment and trial that we might Hold on to Him by the help of His Holy Spirit until that day where we stand without any trial whatsoever in that glorious heavenly kingdom that He's won for us. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God which transcends all understanding keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. Amen. We now respond with our servant response to create and be printed for you in your worship folders on page 9.
like to thank the offering for this morning. for a long life on this earth. 
Lord, we also come to you for those having birthdays this week, especially for Gerald Irvin. We ask that you bless him, and we ask that he find the grace that you've given him every single day of his life to be a blessing from your hand alone. We ask that you give him many more years to come, that he might enjoy your grace, and that he might share it with others in this world. Lord, we pray all these things, and we also now come to you with our own private petitions. Guide and uphold us during our pilgrimage in this world, Lord, and bring us all to our heavenly home. Receive these petitions in the name of the Prince of Life, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in whose name we also now join to pray the prayer which he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated as we continue with our next hymn in 403.
Please stand for our closing prayer and the blessing. Almighty God, grant to your church the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes from above. Let nothing hinder your word from being freely proclaimed to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, so that we may serve you in steadfast faith and confess your name as long as we live. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Lord, bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Please be seated for the final verses of our closing hymn. Good morning again to everyone. Welcome to guests and visitors. It's always a pleasure to have you with us here as we get to worship our Lord and our Savior for His grace. Uh, just a few things to stress in the announcements. There's a couple of pages of them here. Um, one, the Lutheran Women's Missionary Society. Uh, do read that little blurb in there. They're looking for volunteers. Um, one, does uh, do the uh, carry the flags at the Synod Convention, uh, if I think I read that right. Uh, there's details there about that, but also to set up some uh, prayer cards here uh, before their convention. So do read through that if you have some time to help volunteer with that. That'd be very helpful. Um, also, uh, we're looking to start a mid, uh, I want to say midweek because apparently that means Wednesday. I figured it out last week. A weeknight Bible study, I'll say it that way. 
Uh, we're looking to start up a weeknight Bible study in the fall sometime, so if you have anything particular, we've got some suggestions already, but if there's anything else you particularly would like to look at as we do that, uh, just let me know. Also, one more thing, if you're on Facebook, go to the page, the church page, find the VBS event, like it, and or comment on it, and or share it. Uh, we had a little credit so we could boost that so more people see it, but still, the more we do that organically, the more people can see it still. So, the more... Uh, Interaction there is with that event, the more people will see it on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, please do find that, share it, comment on it, and or like it. It'd be very much appreciated. That's some good free advertising. That's all I have, unless there should be something else set at this moment. Alright, on that note, have a blessed day. Blessed rest of your week. We'll have Bible study after this on God's protection for our lives, according to the article of the Apostles' Creed, first article of the Apostles' Creed. So Stick around for that. Thank you.